Forest City Church. Anyone and everyone. Hey, I want to do something. We know it's Baptism Sunday. Amen. We're excited that it's Baptism Sunday, right? So I want to I want to do something. Every single person in this room who's taken the plunge today, would you just stand up? I was going to say, "Oh, yes." Yes, so stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Yes, yes, yes. Oh. This is one of my favorite days of the whole year. It's one of my favorite days in the life of our church. And I want to take a moment and I want to just invite all of us to stretch out our hands to anyone around us, any friend around you who is standing in this moment. We want to pray for you. We want to bless you. We want to honor one of the most sacred, special, significant days in your life and in your walk with God right here and right now. So Father, we thank you. You said that that it's your spirit that draws any human being to yourself. And so we thank you that this is a work of God that they are standing here today. That it's not an accident, that it's not a flippant decision, that this is indeed evidence that you are at work in their life, that you love them, that no matter what their story has been, that today everything changes from here on out. We celebrate them. We celebrate who you've been to them, what you've shown them, and what you're going to do even as they come out of the water today. So I ask you to rest on them right now. I pray for tangible realizations of your presence for every single person standing and every single person by the end of this day that will stand because I believe some are going to get added to that number today. So God, we love you. We honor you. We honor your spirit in them and on them right now. And it's in your name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Yeah, give it up for them. Here's what I know to be true about every single person that we just blessed, prayed for, honored, every single person that just stood up. Some of you, I don't know your name. Some of you, I have not had the honor and privilege of hearing your story. But here's what I still know to be true is that you are the most faith-filled people in this room. Every single one of you that just stood up. How do I know that? Because it takes absolute faith to believe that no matter what your story has been, no matter what has happened to you, no matter what you face, that you take Jesus at his word, that everything can be new. That he has the ability and the power to make you new. That is so special and that is so significant and that is not to be taken lightly. Why? Because you have some of the most religious, spiritual folks on the planet who don't actually believe that that's true. Dare I say, I think that there are probably Christians who have quote unquote been saved, but don't live their daily life actually abiding in the belief full of faith that they can experience newness in Christ. How do I know that? Would you open your Bibles with me to John chapter three? What's the saying? You ask for forgiveness later. Um, We're going to, we're going to come out of John today, not Acts. I'll ask for forgiveness later. John chapter three, verse one. And I want to read on the screens from the Passion Translation. It might be a little different than than, um, the NIV or the King James for all you super spiritual saints in the room. Reading the these and the thous. But this is how the scripture reads. It says, now there was a prominent religious leader among the Jews named Nicodemus 
who was part of the sect called the Pharisees. And one night he discreetly came to Jesus and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God for no one performs the miracle signs that you do unless God's power is with him. And Jesus answered, Nicodemus, listen to this eternal truth. Before a person can perceive God's kingdom, they must first experience a rebirth. And most translations say they must first be born again. And Nicodemus said, rebirth? How can a gray-headed man be reborn? It's impossible for anyone to go back into the womb a second time and be reborn. And Jesus answered, I speak an eternal truth. Unless you are born of water and the spirit, you will never enter God's kingdom. For the natural realm only gives birth to things that are natural, but the spiritual realm gives birth to supernatural life. You shouldn't be amazed by my statement. You all must be born from above. Also read, you must be born again. For the spirit wind blows as it chooses. You can hear its sound, but you don't know where it came from or where it's going. So it is the same with those who are spirit born. And Nicodemus replied, I don't understand. What do you mean? How does this happen? And Jesus answered, Nicodemus, Aren't you the respected teacher in Israel, and yet you don't understand this revelation? I speak eternal truths about things I know, things I've seen and experienced, and still you don't accept what I reveal. So that, when you look at that passage, you see Nicodemus, a religious genius, a scholar of the time, a Pharisee, if you will, who when Jesus says a requirement for this new kingdom for this supernatural kingdom, for this otherworldly kingdom, if you wanna be a part of it, you have to be born again. He says, I don't understand. And he brings it quite literally. He says, are you saying I have to literally re-enter my mother's womb? I'm old. That's not possible. And many of us can hear that question and think, the guy seems like maybe, you know, all the bolts and screws aren't in place. But here's the reality. I think as Christians, we ask a very similar question every day. And maybe we're not, when, when we think about this promise that Jesus made, that he would make us new, maybe we're not actually asking him if I can re-enter Fern's womb. But the question that we often ask is just like Nicodemus, how? If you're like me and you've been like him and you know who you are, You know your story, you know your sin, you know the mistakes you've made, the places where you've dropped the ball, where you flopped in your marriage, where lustful desires have taken over, where pride has won, where where the desire to just be deceitful has, has taken you out. If you really know what you're capable of, if you've experienced yourself in the throes of sin, being tossed to and fro by every desire, by every want, by every thought, by every emotion, then you understand sometimes in the face of that, has it ever felt impossible to you that you could be made new? Have you ever wondered, can that really happen for me? I think in many ways, we've all been just like Nicodemus. And we're living in a culture, you know, the Bible says there's nothing new under the sun. But, but in my almost 30 years of life, I don't know that our culture and our world and our media has made more of a focused effort to try to tell us who we are. 
See, the Bible says that there's a way that seems right to man, but its end is spiritual death, i.e. There's, there are things that I want to do. There's an appetite that I have. There are desires that my flesh wants. There are things that I crave. There's stuff that I feel like I need or should have or should get. And so many of those things are in direct opposition to the life that Jesus wants for me. And sometimes there are moments in my life where I feel so consumed by what I want and how I feel and how I was born. The Bible says that we were all born into sin and shaped in iniquity. That means that, that, that when Jesus dreamt us up, when God, when the Father dreamt us up in the garden, he said, you are good. You are tov. You are the best of the best of the very best of everything that I made. That's how he created us. But we chose to be born into something else. You know what I'm saying? God created us all good. And we as human beings walked away from that and said, I'd rather go my own way. We chose to be born into a different identity, a different lineage, a different, a different disposition. And so God came down as a man put on flesh and took assumed responsibility for human sin. But here's the thing. You and I are told every day when we confront our desires, our flesh, our sin, that maybe we don't actually have to change. That maybe it doesn't matter that much. That maybe if, if we were really born this way, if, if, if this is what we came into the world with, if this is what we want and desire, maybe we should just concede to that. Maybe we should just give in. And I think about Nicodemus asking this question, Jesus, how can you make me new? It's overwhelming. The way that my flesh takes over, the way that my thoughts invade, the decisions that I make on a daily basis, how are you saying that you can literally remake me? Because the gospel is not a call to self-improvement. It's not a call to get better. It's a call to be completely transformed. And, 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 and I'm, I'm saying this because today in our world, we're told, no, you're good. You should just love yourself as you are. Accept yourself exactly as you are. There's nothing wrong. You're perfect. You're good. And what I'm saying is God created us as good, as Tov, as his beloved, as his dream, as his creation. But y'all, we walked far away from that and it has not produced good. We can look at the nations and say, if we were inherently good, if there was nothing wrong, if we didn't need to be new creatures, that stuff wouldn't happen. And there's no way anybody's looking at that and calling it good. And I don't even have to look that far. I can look at my own life, my own pride, my own deceit, my own sin and say, man, that's not good. But we're living in a time where the temptation is to be, to be overcome with, with what is not and what is true of us. And to say, Jesus, I know you want to make me new, but let's just white flag. I don't know if that's possible. I'm too much. I'm too broken. My marriage is crumbled into shambles. My family is destroyed. My kids are wilding. My finances, the debt is insurmountable. You can't make me new. You can't change this. You can't do anything about this. And the temptation becomes to throw a label on it. And God can't make me new, so I am this. God can't transform me, so this is my identity. I felt this way since I was born. He can't change it. I've wanted this since I came out of the womb. I have to be this way. 
And I'm telling you, church, and I want to say to any young person in this room under the age of 20, the culture is going to yell at you and hurl at you and tell you that God cannot transform you. They're going to tell you he can't make you new. They're going to tell you to throw a label or a name or an identity on it to make it better and to make the pain go away. But there is a more significant, there is a real promise in the scripture. And the promise is not just to say, I guess I was born like this. I guess it's done. The promise that has been spoken from Genesis to Revelation is no, he can make you new. He's not just trying to clean you up. He's not just trying to give you a better quality of life or improve you. He wants to give you a completely new nature. What does that mean? It means when you're up all night wondering why you've had these desires since you can remember, why you can't break the pornography addiction, why the lust is eating at you, why when you want to be repentant and just acknowledge your faults, you're consumed by pride. When when those thoughts happen, when you feel at the end of yourself, guess what you can do? You can give it all to Jesus. Absolutely everything and not settle for just taking a label and taking a name and feeling like that is your portion in life. He says it right here. If you want to be a part of this kingdom, if you want to live life with me, if you want to live in abundance, it's going to require that you be baptized by water and by the spirit. It's going to require that you be baptized by water and by the spirit. What does that mean? Ezekiel 36 says this. This is the promise that the Lord gave the prophet. You know, I marked it in my Bible so I wouldn't be. Oh, here it is. Amen. He loves me. All right. And it's so timely. This is a promise that he gave to Israel. Ezekiel 36, verse 25. He says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean I will cleanse you from all your uncleanness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statues and keep my ordinances and do them. I know I'm everywhere today, y'all. I'm sorry. The Lord met me a few weeks ago, and I feel like I have not been pieced back together yet. I'm just like a a weepy mess. Um, The culture will... (laughs) The culture will, will tell us, the world will tell us often that God is so cruel and so unkind. He has this unreasonable list of rules, this unreasonable requirement for how to live, and that he just expects us to either get with it or, or go to hell. And it's so not true. Because the gospel points to a God who said, I know the best way. I know the way that leads to life. I know the more excellent way. And I didn't leave you alone in that. I actually came down and I took, I assumed responsibility for your sin so you wouldn't have to do it. And if you will accept my invitation, man, I don't just want you to be different or do different or just abide by my rules. I want to give you my heart. I want to give you my spirit. 
I want to make you clean. I don't just want to clean you up. I want to make you clean. I want to remake you. I want to make you new. That is the promise. And I just am feeling it so heavily for young people in the room. And I'm so proud of some of you who are saying yes today. Because the Lord is so kind. And on this journey of baptism, on this journey of immersing yourself into his death and his burial and his resurrection, he's not leaving you alone in it. He's not a tyrant. He's a shepherd and he's going to walk with you every single day of your life that you might live the life that he dreamt that you would live. So I just, this is the clunkiest message I've ever given. I just want to say to anybody in the room, if your marriage is in shambles and you're like Nicodemus and you say, how? This church is not a secret. Is what? $19 million in debt. Some of you have been around for years and you go, how are you going to make that new? I had an illness for 17 years in my body. And every day I would say, God, how are you going to make me new? My dad has lived his whole life. He can barely pick up a fork to eat a meal. And he still believes God could change it all in a day. So what I want to say to you, if you're in this room, maybe it's your first time, maybe you've been here for 20 years, I don't know where you find yourself. He's not intimidated by your sin. He's not unwilling to get down into the dirt and meet you right where you are. But to just be saved, to just say the prayer and acknowledge him as Lord is not enough. You've got to be baptized. You have got to immerse yourself, submerge yourself into his death that you might come up with him in his resurrection. And that takes a level of humility to take a walk all the way to the back of that room and get down in a pool and get soaking wet because you actually believe that the cleansing is going to change you. That the cleansing is going to heal you, not just improve you, but actually make you new. And if you're in this room and your heart's beating or maybe you just, you don't know if this is your day, if this is your time or not, there's too much at stake to decide that you're not going to give Jesus the opportunity. The same man who stood with the woman at the well and said, I know about all your marriages. I know about all the men you've been with. I know about all the men you're with now, but I have living water for you. It's the same man who who saw a man who climbed a tree just to be close to him. It's the same man who, 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 who sat with a woman with an issue who had been bleeding for years. It, he can change your life. Everything about it. I'm going to just keep saying it. Because I think in America we have this idea like, oh, I'm just going to say the prayer and, and do my devotional time and read Jesus Calling every morning and make sure I, I, I'm, I'm doing my Bible study and I'm in a small group. to make you new. The one who created you perfectly, flawlessly, without blemish or spot or wrinkle or stain, who put everything, his whole heart, all of his desire into creating you, 
and we chose something different is willing to get back into the business and say, I'll remake you. I'll do it all over again. If you're getting baptized today, it's probably time for you to head to the panic. My friends, if you want to take a walk to the back, our our team is going to help you and prep you and make sure you're ready. Yeah, give it up for them. And this is a moment right now, if you're not in a t-shirt, if you didn't come knowing that this is how the Lord was going to lead you today, you can head on to the back too. just want to pray into this really sacred special moment for these friends. Can we do that? And it's never too late. You can just make your way back if that's how you feel led today. Father, I'm so grateful for your spirit. And I'm so grateful that when we couldn't hit the reset button, when we couldn't change ourselves, when we couldn't transform ourselves, that you did it. You were willing, you were that willing to see us living life abundant in your kingdom, free of sin, free of shame, free of all the things that want to claim us and own us and tell us who we are. You claim us, you own us, you tell us who we are, just you. So God, I pray for freedom in this room today. I pray for freedom in this room today, freedom in this room today. For anyone who's been dealing with the tormenting thoughts that they can't be free, that they won't be free, that they can't be made new. God, I'm asking that you would sweep in right now and tell them the truth. And I pray for every friend, every single friend in this room, every son, every daughter who's taking the plunge. God, would their faith ignite our faith today? And would we begin to believe what every marriage in this room believe, every family in this room believe, every teenager in this room believe, everyone struggling in sin in this room, would every person in this room believe only you hold the power to make us new, not better, but new. Creating us a clean heart, oh God, give us a steadfast spirit that we might walk with you and know you and please you. honor you today and what you're doing in this room. It's in your name, Jesus, that we pray.